With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Crossover Daily, SI's daily NBA podcast. I'm your host, Rohan Nagrini. Today on the show, we'll be discussing the Lakers' dominant run through the postseason. How has LeBron James helped Anthony Davis reach new heights? What would it take to challenge the Lakers? And can anyone make sense of Rajon Rondo? Joining me from the bubble in Orlando will be the OC Register's Kyle Goon. Let's start the show. All right, joining us now on Crossover Daily is a Maryland native, I believe, uh, who currently covers the Los Angeles Lakers for the Orange County Register. Uh, I followed this man around on the Lakers beat intermittently during the season. I I think he's one of the hardest working reporters on the Lakers beat. I'm really excited to have him on the podcast. Uh, Please welcome Kyle Goon from the bubble in Orlando. Kyle, how's it going, my man? Good, good. You know, Rohan, you said something uh, Something I'll never forget this season. You said, I feel like Kyle Goon is so respected and that you're probably the only person to ever say that. So, so thank <laughs> you so much. I thank Listen, you. listen, man, I, I'm just at Staples Center. I'm eating soft serve. I'm eating hot dogs. Uh, mostly just, you know, uh, maybe mixing in some Encrustables every now and then. And, and I just see you working. I, I haven't heard a single bad word about you. So I, <laughs> I, I, I stand by that statement. All right. Well, I appreciate it. You know, the diet is only slightly, slightly better than uh, what we get at Staples Center. Not that much, unfortunately. I was listen, man. I was not complaining about the sauce and the hot dog. Let me be clear. Uh, so you've you we were just talking about this. You've been in the bubble for a long time. How much control do you have over what you want to eat? Like, are they still sending meals to you every day, and like that's that, or or if you're like if you wanted to go keto, could you do? That? Uh, I mean, you could. I don't think it'd be terribly pleasant. I mean, you can order out. There's a couple. There's a couple of restaurants that um, um, you can order from at night, and you can get um, some room service. But that's all on your own dime. Um, and th- this is obviously already a, a tremendous expense for our various mm-hmm. companies. Uh-huh. Um, but I will tell you one story, just because. Um, so there, there, we get a daily email here. Um, 
you know, with schedules, uh, because everything is very scheduled and regimented here. We have to figure out, you know, you have to sign up for practice, you have to um, do X, Y, Z. Um, and so they send a, this email to all of us. Then Chris Haynes from Yahoo Sports uh, sends a reply all email, which is always yes. a good start. And says, hey, um, I'm sorry to hijack this email thread, but who the hell is spreading the peanut butter and jelly on these sandwiches? <laughs> and attaches this picture of these sandwiches opened up and there's like maybe an inch of bread around around the crust that's not spread on at all but it was it was the, the funniest thing i saw all week chris haynes doing a reply all about the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that's how the state of affairs in the bubble how about that's a, that's our first exclusive on the podcast the state of the pb and j's in the bubble. i'm waiting for the sideline report i told him i told chris today <laughs> Like I'm waiting for the sideline report on the PB and J sandwiches. Oh man, that's incredible. Well, there we go. That's a, a great way to start off this podcast, which I I was really hoping would become a food one someday. But here we are talking about NBA basketball. The Lakers currently up two zero on the Nuggets in the West Finals. Kyle, I, I've been reading a lot of your work uh, in the bubble. You have a great story up that's up. People can read uh, by the time this posts tomorrow morning about you know some of the Lakers players who brought their families to the bubble. Uh, you know, something that I think you've covered at multiple points now during the season, the relationship between LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And I want to get into that at the top here just because, you know, AD, obviously the, the hero of game two with his game winning shot. And I was curious about this in media day, you know, all the way back a year ago now, over a year ago, probably just how would LeBron kind of prepare AD for these moments, right? Because LeBron's seen it all in his career. When he got to Miami, uh, he'd been with guys who had had some level of playoff success. How would he turn Anthony Davis into kind of the, the hardened vet that LeBron is? Well, what have you seen in, in terms of their relationship, what LeBron has done to try to pass the wisdom of someone who's been through playoff battles to someone who has? Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's been more a, a, than a year-long process. And I think what you see is that when you think about LeBron and his relationship to teammates, I mean, a lot of people think of very kind of contentious battles, um, you know, guys that um, it took time to get along with. I mean, even the the big three, the Heatles in Miami, um, had some time and some growing pains and basically took a year to figure themselves out. Um, and then Kyrie and and Kevin Love, uh, c- complicated relationships with them. One turned out <laughs> and one didn't. So, I mean, LeBron started this year by offering his jersey to AD, his jersey number to ad mm-hmm. and that kind of tells you about sort of the way that he's treated this relationship um you know and, and i'm not saying he's like he, i i think it was symbolic in the sense that lebron knows like hey like this guy's talented i need we need to work together and sort of building up i mean you know he and, and Rob Plink and AD were all kind of in contact during free agency. And our understanding was that all three of them had input and in what this Lakers roster would be um, just all along the way, LeBron has sort of like treated AD like a partner. And the unspoken thing is that AD views him like a mentor. Um, and, and there, there was a lot of treatment of Anthony Davis as sort of an equal footing partner with LeBron. And I don't think that was ever the case because LeBron has been in this league for a long time. He's been a, a power player in this league for a long time. And I don't think that Anthony um, kind of wants that, but he wants to win. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you kind of 
have these gestures across the span of 14 months, you kind when the chips get down, you guys can kind of talk to each other and be real to each other and, and sort of say, hey, look, we have this relationship. Like, I need to challenge you to do this. Like, hey, we have this relationship. I need, and I think that does go both ways sometimes. I mean, when you think mm-hmm. of the way that LeBron has played defense this year, um, right. which is to say that he actually has played defense this right. year. Right, he's bought in from day one. And, and I mean, the first 10 games of the season, you really saw how committed LeBron was. And then he's like, okay, we're winning a lot, so I can slow down a little bit. But in the playoffs, <laughs> I mean, in that Houston series, LeBron was unbelievable, especially in that game three, oh, four blocks in one quarter. And I think that's a sort of an, an effect of Anthony Davis. And he told mm-hmm. us, you know, look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna set an example and cheat my teammate out of the best version of me. But I think that really applies to Anthony Davis, who LeBron recognizes is maybe the most talented teammate he's ever had, and he cannot waste a second of this. That's a great point. I'll push back slightly just as someone who grew up in South Florida and a lifelong Dwayne Wade fan on that, on that talented teammate thing, but I don't even think you're wrong. That's just my homerism coming through. AD right now, just the complete package, and I think we're seeing someone in the playoffs. I don't know that any team in the Western Conference has an answer for him right now. You know, no matter who's left in the playoffs, who's not in the playoffs, I'm talking league-wide. There's a dearth of people who can guard him. There's the, the impressive thing that I think about the Lakers is like, and AD is that they've had so many different kinds of builds of teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've had the Portland try to play them big and, you know, Portland's bigs are what they are. And I'm not a Hassan <laughs> Whiteside fan. I'm sure as a South Florida guy, maybe you have some agreement <laughs> oh, there. We could do a whole hour on Hassan Whiteside. Um, but, you know, Portland tried to stack two bigs against him and keep him out of the paint. And that worked in game one and did not work in game two. Then, Houston obviously went small because they are small and AD played five and they destroyed them. Um, and now they're sort of in the middle, but like Jokic is probably the other best big in the entire league. Um, maybe, maybe the one not named Joel Embiid, but I think there's a case that Jokic is even better than Joel Embiid in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you can't, <laughs> you get hit your, your best big can't beat, the Lakers' best big. And so that's three different ways, essentially, that yeah. different teams have tried to counter-ID or, or, you know, been forced to counter-ID, and there's just not a matchup that's right among them. So what do you do? That's a really good question. I, and I want to get to the Lakers' kind of variability slash flexibility in a second, because I do think at times it can be a double-edged sword. But before we get there, I just want to ask, because I, I think – AD's emotion really came through in his post-game interview last night about what that shot meant to him. And I think he was very honest about this is what I signed up for. And, you know, I, I wrote about this with the Clippers, like Paul George, who was obviously going through some real struggles on and off the court at the start of the bubble. You know, something I said was like, hey, in a way, like you should be happy that you're in this position because you want stakes in your career. You want pressure. That's why AD wanted to join the Lakers. Did you get a sense, you know, last night, being in the arena, being in the room where he's doing his post-game interviews, just how much that moment meant to him. Oh, a ton, a ton. And it, like, if you want to think of sort of his career right now as bookends, I mean, AD started, um, you know, his really high profile career in, in the winningest way possible in having an amazing Kentucky Wildcats team where he was the star player, national player of the year. And then he goes to New Orleans, and they're a wreck 
for years and mm -hmm. and why they are is sort of you know you can i'm sure there's a lot of fingers to be pointed but i think what ad wanted is to be uh, you know <laughs> this is going to come out weird no matter how i say it. he wanted to be a front runner <laughs> again um he wanted to be in a group where um, there were high expectations, but there was also help um, and, and high profile. I, I don't think it's funny because I, having gotten to know AD for the last year or so, I don't think he's a high profile guy. I mean, I don't think of him as like a, hey, I want to experience LA and all the celebrity mm -hmm. and all that stuff type of guy. I mean, I think he's a low key like video game playing dude. Um, <laughs> but, but at the same time, I mean, I think he wanted to win at this level for sure. I think um that he wanted to be um with a teammate who could you know guide him and show him how to win and then to kind of step up to that place where he was the guy i mean i don't like ad said yesterday he, he can't really remember hitting a game winner like that um certainly not in the playoffs obviously but i mean maybe never in his nba career um and he when you look at how he scored last night, um, you know, he, he scored so much in the mid range. It was so effective. Um, he hit a bunch of tough shots, tough floaters, tough, tough turnarounds. And that last shot had a good contest on it. And I think it's really just a tribute to one AD, just wanting to win at the highest level and two, the amount of work that he's put into being this versatile player who really can't be guarded at any level. So, those are all great points. Uh, and I, I want to get back to what you touched on earlier in terms of the Lakers' adaptability, right? They've seen kind of wildly different styles of basketball during the first three rounds of the playoffs. And I remember earlier in the year, after, after they'd lost the Clippers for the second time, I thought it was interesting that the Lakers in that game weren't sure how they wanted to close. Uh, and I think that was coming off a stretch where they'd lost to the Bucks earlier in the month. And it was, it was the first month all year where they'd maybe run into uh, a little trouble. And I, I thought it was interesting, you know, one night they'd close with Rondo. One night, you know, Dwight Howard would be in the closing five. Another night, uh, Caruso would be in there. And it felt like they were still searching for that combination. You know, in, in the playoffs, they've, they've certainly found lineups that work for them. And coming closer to some kind of sense of rotation normalcy, I'm, I guess I'm curious because, like I said, you're as close to the team as anyone. Do you do you find that to be a vulnerability, or or do you just think that no one in the playoffs can really challenge them? Because I still think that the Lakers have one vulnerability, which is their half court offense. If they're playing against a team with, you know, a good defense or, or can execute or at least has the right personnel, do, do you see that as a vulnerability? Like maybe they still don't know who their best five guys are, or do you think it's just not going to matter in these playoffs? Yeah, I think there's a little bit of each. Um, and I think that they're a group that they have so many veterans in one sense, like every guy has earned trust. Um, mm -hmm. and, and what I mean is, look, they're starting JaVale McGee and like JaVale has had some good games and he has had some just head scratching games. If you rewatch his first eight minutes in game one, it is bad. I mean, he fouls. Oh, he's getting he, lost he on every two screen. Fouls, yeah. He's lost on every screen. He sets up walls for no one. Like it's just, 
he doesn't have it. And then like on offense, he does, you know, um, wild stuff. Um, just things that are not in his bag. Um, and if you look at game two, start of the second half, um, they go, they go back to JaVale McGee. Um, and the, the Lakers are forcing the ball to him. I mean, LeBron is Rajon Rondo is, and they actually started out okay uh, in the second half. But if you like look at all the plays, like all the turn, there's like three or four turnovers really early on, and they're all like attempted entry feeds to JaVale McGee. And I don't think that's coaching. I think that's players trying to get guys involved, trying to get a veteran mm-hmm. center involved. And there's so many guys like that on this team where you can say, well, of course, like we can trust JaVale. He's won two championships. He's been on championship team. And then you sort of, but then, you know, he does stuff like that. It doesn't really right. correlate to what the real production is. And I think Rajon Rondo is sometimes like that, even though he's had a, a very good playoff performance um, thus far. Um, his regular season performance didn't justify um, how much he's been trusted in the rotation uh, by Frank Vogel and his teammates. Um, and so I think that's kind of a, a disconnect um, uh, between the team and between people who watch and, and fans and observers being like, hey, why is why are they going to these guys with some of these minutes and why are they going? But I mean, at the end of the day, you have those situations like you do on the last play, the inbounds pass, Rajon Rondo's in his perfect spot, LeBron's in his perfect spot, taking up two defenders, mm-hmm. and Anthony Davis is in position to make the shot. So it's just like, what can you say when they do stuff like that right, and get right. the win? So it's like, should should they be drawing lessons out of that that game? Like, surely, because they did right. not deserve to win in many respects. But on the other hand, like, what are we going to sit here and say that, that these, I mean, these veteran guys are clearly winning games. No, it's a good point. They do keep winning. And I feel like maybe, maybe I'm trying too hard when I, when I continue to look for, you know, what, what's the flaw, what, what's the, you know, what's the weakness. And ultimately, like you said, they do keep winning and throughout these playoffs, they've kept winning the matchup. The finals matchup is going to be fascinating because I think that, you know, the heat maybe have the one guy and bam, who could give AD some trouble the Celtics, meanwhile, are a very good team, but again, there's just there's no matchup for AD. So that's it's man. There's just something about them where I'm like, this team really, but they, they managed to keep winning. Yeah, uh, I, and, I, and I, look, I mean, they've had a bunch of gambles go right. Right, like, right. I mean, the Rondo gamble well, is, that's, is right. That's, the, that's the what Dwight I want to get gamble, to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, yeah. the Rondo gamble has gone well somehow. Like, even though he was terrible last year, they re-signed him again for reasons that a lot of fans were really upset about. And they're like, why is this guy who's maybe the worst defensive player in the NBA right now getting re-signed? The Dwight gamble paid off, which I, even though it's been paying off for a year, I still can't believe it. And then, and then Kuzma has become defensively oriented. Caruso has kind of risen to a, a valuable role player. KCP is reliable. Like a lot of their gambles really paid off. They really did. The Dwight one at least made more sense to me in terms of non-guaranteed contract. And it's just going to be, you know, rim runs. And as soon as he, you know, wavers out of that role, we can let go of him. I, I think he's been great all year. I, I was enjoying him up until the antics uh, in this round. I think he needs to, you know, lay off that a little bit. The, the last thing I want to get to here, um, the Rondo gamble, you mentioned it because 
I thought that was going to be their biggest flaw, frankly, headed into the playoffs was how much they want to play him and how much trust everyone in the organization seemed to have in him. And I just have to be honest, I haven't been more wrong about someone than him. I, I just didn't think he'd be able to offer them what he's done. I mean, timely three-point shooting, uh, the defense that he played on James Harden in round two, uh, he's just impacted them in, in winning ways throughout the playoffs. I just, Based on the player he's been the last few years, that just didn't seem possible. Do you think anyone in the organization is surprised? Because I know they've been really confident in him uh, from day one. What do, you, what do you make of the Rondo game? Well, first of all, uh, you're not going to catch anybody in the organization saying they're surprised. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll put it that way. And I mean, this is such a uh, this is such an insular organization. I mean, I was I was mentioning to somebody, you know, that it's like hiring season, and like when people are hiring GMs and front office people, you never see like, ooh, like who are they going to get from the Lakers? Because it's either Rob Palinka or a bus brother. Like that's that's the entire like <laughs> Lakers or a rambit um but it's just i think there is always like since rondo has been a laker there's always been a disconnect between what people in the locker room feel and and players feel and and uh, the fans and you know and i think part of that is because rondo is just really well liked um, by players and, and sort of a, a good time guy. Like, I mean, shockingly, like, that, that itself is shocking, but yeah. But, yeah. and then I think the other part of it is like, I mean, Luke Walton loved Rajon Rondo. Yeah. And arguably, like, Rajon Rondo c- contributed to Luke Walton's demise in, in <laughs> some ways. Like, I mean, coaches love the guy. And I think, I think there is just uh, as much as Rondo doesn't want to say, you know, yes, the playoff version of me is real. Like there is a version of him that takes possession seriously and game seriously and makes adjustments. And there's a version of him that's sort of a gambling, ah, this game doesn't really matter anyway type dude <laughs> where you can't count on him for certain things. So, I mean, obviously he's lost a step um, on certain in certain ways and can't just drive it against anybody anymore to the same extent. But look, I mean, he he's he's made a difference and uh like i didn't expect him to make this level of difference especially after a month of of uh being laid off with the thumb injury um but that game two against the rockets was just like oh okay and and the lakers have needed him because they needed a second ball handler and alex crusoe just as as good as he's been he's just not that capable as, as rajan rondo is of making plays like that so um it's been needed at one of the areas where the Lakers were most vulnerable and, and uh, it's probably something that uh, players and coaches would tell you. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is who he is, even though we've seen (laughs) that's not who he's been. Uh, Well, Kyle, what wasn't a gamble and someone who's very capable is you. Thank you so much uh, for coming on this podcast. Really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule in the bubble. Do you need me to send you some PB and J? Like, would that help if I just sent maybe, uh, some peanut butter and jelly down to you guys. Yeah, just um, send us an email on the thread telling everybody that they're coming. And uh, yeah, no, no, we have plenty of PB and J. It's uh, it's the spreaders that you need. It's the spreaders. Yeah, we need we need better spreaders. So, <laughs> look, we're gonna put pressure on them. We're gonna you know take down this this power structure. We're we're revolting. You know, we're doing our part. So um, awesome. You know, just just send the support. Make people aware. Build awareness. We will do just that. Thank you so much, man. Good luck the rest of the way. 
All right, thanks for on. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinz Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.